Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dewback Discussion Podcast. Your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews. With your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Mike Dolan. Okay, uh, hello there, and welcome back to the Do Back Discussion Podcast. I am your host, Jared the Dark Jedi. We have a bit of a skeleton crew here today. It is just me and one black leader, Travis Grossman. We almost were skeletons today, Jared. Don't joke about that. <laughs> we had some adventures today, guys. Uh, we... <laughs> That's for the slice of life. Yeah, that's that's the slice of life there. Um, so today, uh, you won't be hearing it for some time, but today we are recording our first part of the Skywalker Saga audio oh. Skywalker Saga audio commentary. Uh, we're doing Phantom Menace today with uh, editor in chief of MakingStarWars.net, Jason Ward. Yahoo! Yahoo! Very excited to have Jason back on the on the show. Um, but we're doing like a drinking game element, which again, only you're only allowed to do it if you are whatever territory you're in of age, of age and up. No younglings allowed. But uh, the drink that we're making this time around is going to be a Qui Gon Gin. Uh, so Travis and I. Uh, went on an adventure to get said ingredients and then realized that the key to get into the space of which we record was not where it was meant to be so we had to travel about a half hour out to go retrieve a key for said location um where we almost got flattened twice because i'm a terrible driver yep so i tell the elevator story here on the audio commentary why not both? Why not both? They're not going to remember. They're not We're gonna. not going to remember. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I don't want to remember. <laughs> so we went out to the – like we've said before, we record at the uh, in the basement of my grandmother's house who lives – As there. true Star Wars nerds would. Yes. Um, but no, the acoustics down here are really nice and it, it, it you know – it has space to put the soundboard and the big table that we have everything on. And, the, and yeah, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm above that. What were you going to say, Travis? I was going to make a penis joke. Oh, I thought you were going to make a fat joke, is where I thought you were going. I'm not that mean. <laughs> uh, but in our travels, um, like Travis said, we almost got flattened. But my grandmother works at the Y uh, that's uh, about, a, about tw 15, 20 minutes out from Latrobe. And I went in there to find her so we could snag her key. And well, the Yimka. The, what? The, the Yimka. Yimka. <laughs> we went to the Yimka. Uh, Yimka. <laughs> doing the, you know. <laughs> I got a side story. Whenever, okay, so a few weeks ago, weeks ago, it was in, in August, 
um, my mom and I worked a my mom and I bartended a private party, um, and it at one point one of the ladies there uh, had more drinks than she should have uh, drinks. I don't think she got from us uh, because I th- I think this person knew where this family kept their booze at least. I know we did not. We would not have served her to the point where she got to that, where she was. However, this woman was schwammered and a handful of other people were schwammered. Um, and YMCA came on at the party. And I don't know what alphabet this woman learned, but she was doing all kinds of fun shapes for the Yumka. The Yumka. Yumka. Uh, but she, like, it was like, her version was like L Z O P was basically how she was doing the Lizop. <laughs> Isn't she the one who sings uh, Truth Hurts? Lizop. <laughs> I ain't up to date with all your popular music. <laughs> Why men great till they gotta be great? You know what I mean? Nope. You have not heard that song. I don't believe so. It's good. It's I'm good. A, I'm a old grandpa with his records. And, and his and his weeb you know, shit. I can't even in my weeb shit. I can't even say that because like vinyl collecting is such a thing now. Yeah, and I don't. You're an old man with his CDs. I'm, I'm an old man with his cassette tapes. <coughs> even those are back in a certain capacity. <coughs> Pardon me, but anyway, I'm in the yeah. Yimka, and um, I asked this lady for directions as to how to get to where my the the area my grandmother works in. Tells me to take the elevator, go up to the second floor, whatever. Get over there. I push the up button. The doors to the elevator open. I step inside of the elevator and I push the second floor button like I was told to. The door closes, dings, opens again, closes, and then opens again. And I'm like, maybe there's something wrong with the elevator. So I step out, at which point it closes and goes up to the second floor without me. Now, all of this happens with just enough time for the woman who gave me the instructions to come around the corner and see me again, standing outside of the elevator. And she, like, looked at me, looked at the elevator, looked at me, saw that it said second floor, but I was still not inside the elevator. And she just looked very confused. As I looked very confused by what happened with the elevator. And I'm like pretty sure she was like, he understands he has to step inside of it to get up there, right? Nope, not a bit. Nope, not a bit. And I looked at her and I was like, realizing how... At this point, she was either incredibly suspicious of me or like worried about my own safety. And I just looked her in the eyes and went, I promise I know how to operate an elevator. It, it kicked me out and then went upstairs without me, um, at which point she laughed and just kind of looked at me as it and I pushed the down button again. And then it like took longer than it should have to get back. And I stepped in and I was like, let's see if it works this time. And she was like, good luck. And I got upstairs that time. I was able to get the key. But um, I'm sure this and the building got struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's been our whole adventure, just what could go wrong next? Like, that happened, 
We almost got then we almost get got splattered again <laughs> leaving because I just don't know how to look to my left, apparently. <laughs> um and then we get to Walmart and we're like, now surely the way today's gone, there's a shooter in this Walmart. Yeah. Like, that's what's gonna happen. And it didn't. No, what happened instead was on our way here my check engine light came on. <laughs> So that's going to be an adventure for tomorrow when I'm hungover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, um, Travis, you have any? any oh, 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 yes. Uh, this Friday, be sure to tune in to Hall of Heroes because Travis and I saw Joker. Yeah. Uh, so did Spencer. And we will be having an old friend of ours who is going to film school currently. Okay. He's like for sure coming on. Yes. Zach is oh, coming yeah. on. Old friend of ours, Zach Palmer. A uh, very, very smart guy, uh, far more well-versed in cinema than I am, and I consider myself a movie buff. Uh, not just space wizards and superheroes, but I specialize in space wizards and I'm superheroes. movie buff versus film student, like... Exactly. That's, you know. yeah, no, I, I am, I am good at nothing if not recognizing when I, I need help. <laughs> and I think we all, I think, I think a voice like Zach's would help us yeah, uh, sort through it. Oh, so be sure to we'll, tune in for a Joker review this Friday. We're we'll tell our fun tomorrow. stories from the theater on Hall of Heroes. But <laughs> man, so we had nothing like crazy, but some funny shit happened. Yes, like some really funny shit. Uh, here's a here's a here's a little uh, uh, a teaser for that. Um, I think we're in the wrong theater. This is for Joker. <laughs> The whole family gets up and leaves. That's your teaser. Yeah. That and there may or may not have been somebody three rows ahead of us taking multiple fat rips on their dab pen, but we'll get epically. Epically. Uh but we'll get more Jeez. into that um tomorrow night on Hall of Heroes. With that, we're gonna hop into the news here. Uh lighter week than normal, uh, in the run up to the rise of Skywalker. Surprisingly, we have a lighter week. I was expecting every week leading up to the Rise of Skywalker at this point to just be nonstop chaos. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to take this first one here. Uh, so this is from StarWars.com itself. New York City Comic Con 2019 Project Luminous Details and more revealed at the Lucasfilm Publishing Panel. Lucasfilm's uh, publishing creative director, Michael Siglin, uh, offered a glimpse into the future of Star Wars books and comics today at New York City Comic Con. I have more to tell us uh, than an Ewok. <laughs> it has, has us more excited than an Ewok on a speeder bike. Uh, hosting a panel that included some of the biggest Star Wars authors and comic writers in the galaxy, Siglin re revealed new titles and significantly teased the mysterious Project Luminous. While little is known about Project Luminous, Siglin showed a, so a slide that stated the Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field that created by all living things until... Dot, 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 Project Luminous 2020. He also confirmed the involvement of five all-star authors, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Danielle Jose Oldier, uh, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule. Uh, Claudia Gray has written several Star Wars novels, Kevin Scott wrote uh, Dooku, Jedi Lost, and Charles Soule, of course, uh, has his iconic run on the Darth Vader comics, among other stories. Siglin also announced the involvement 
of various publishers, including Disney, Lucasfilm Press, Del Rey, IDW Publishing, and Marvel. Whatever Project Luminous is, it sounds big. So I'm going to pause there and talk about Project Luminous a little bit. Um, the big list of different like platforms means this is going to be a multi-medium um, project. The until referring to like the the, the classic Obi Wan, you know the the Jedi is power, you know that whole bit. Um, they have been really scarce on the details, and we've had this the the thing about the Force until this sounds so weird and experimental, and I am so excited for it. Like just it sounds almost like not to. We don't have to talk about the drama, but the Bob Iger biography stuff that's been floating around the news sphere recently. Yeah, um, I actually wanted to get into that a little bit. I forgot to put links into it. All right, good. Because I, um, I kind of want to talk about it too. Cool. But the, uh, Whenever uh, you're talking about the next story, I'll find the links to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the – he meant – like they mentioned what the scripts looked like and how it dealt a lot with uh-huh. the force. Yeah. And that's – I don't know if they're going to be using any of that. Or if it just like the premise sounds similar. I mean, but hearing a, a an iconic monologue about the Force, and then having until, which implies that something weird is going on with it, my mind immediately jumps to the weird microbiotic shit that Lucas had for his sequel trilogy. That definitely would have gone great as yeah a back into Star Wars for sure. Yeah, we're g- we're gonna. <laughs> I feel like we haven't we haven't discussed this at all off ca- uh, off camera, Jesus, yeah. off mic. I feel like we're on the same page about it. That I would not have wanted that at all. I'm not saying it could it would have been bad necessarily. We can get more into that later. I like. I'm not saying it necessarily would have been bad, but the story I want is not. Yeah. The magic school bus into Metaclorians. But back to this article. Among the big reveals for uh, of books and comics are the Thrawn Ascendancy Trilogy by Timothy Zahn, the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker novelization, and many more. See below for a first look at the covers and interior <laughs> interiors. Uh, so we have the Rise of Skywalker novelization, which will be written by Ray Carson, whom um, I'm just I'm just gonna say it. Uh, she is a romance writer. That's what she typically traffics in, is writing romance novels. Yeah? So, uh... The romance between you and the Knights of Ren? Shot taken. <laughs> Shot landed. Um, I'm, like, balancing whether or not I want to play that during the outtakes. <laughs> the little abomination TJ made. Um, the little piece of heaven. The little... <laughs> little piece of heaven but yeah they got a romance writer to do the rise of skywalker novel so we'll see what happens with that um we have the uh junior novelization that will be written by uh michael Kogue or it's all the sex junior cut (laughs) uh yes the 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 very graphic sex scenes between uh ray and ben between jared and the knights of ren (laughs) it's not gonna stop uh, we have another junior book called uh, Use the Force, Discover What It Takes to Be a Jedi, uh, which seems really adorable. Um, 
we have uh and that will be written by Christian Blue I don't Blauvelt? think that's how you say his name. Blauvelt? Blue Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have this is one I'm super excited for. We have Star Wars The Clone Wars Anthology. Uh, this is going to be, by all accounts, something similar to the From a Certain Point of View. Um, did you know anything about that book when it came out a couple years ago? No. Okay. So A Certain Point of View was a really cool series of anthologies. Um, it was to mark the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. And it was all these different, like anthology stories from like different characters perspectives that took place over the course of a new hope. So like there was one written by Claudia Gray, actually the author of master and apprentice called master and apprentice. Um, where like Obi-Wan talked to Qui-Gon's force ghost while Obi-Wan was with R2 and 3PO at like the, where the Jawas all got massacred ah. whenever Luke went to go find yeah. uh, uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. Um, so one of those type stories that we're getting for the Clone Wars uh, era. And we will have Lou Anders, Tom Engelberg, uh, Petri Schibber, uh, Zarita Cordova, Jason Fry, uh, Yoon Ha Lee, Rebecca Rohrhaus, uh, Ann Ursu, and Greg Van Eekhout. Uh So very excited for the Clone Wars one. We have Star Wars Dark Legends uh, by George Mann and Grant Griffin, the illustrator for this. From all we've heard, this is essentially going to be the dark side version of Star Wars Myths and Fables. So very excited for that. Um, we also have the relaunch of Star of the Star Wars main title comic book. Um, they're bringing it all to an end with Empire Ascendant, I believe, this month or next month. I'm not sure when it is, but they're uh, wrapping up the main Star Wars book and the Dr. Aphra book. And I think there's another book that they're bringing to a head in um, uh, Star Wars Empire Ascendant, wherein everything pretty much wraps up that story, which is basically going to end right before Empire Strikes Back. And then they're relaunching the Star Wars main title with uh, the now legendary Star Wars comic book writer Charles Soule picking up at the end of Empire Strikes Back and then going through in the year between Empire and Return of the Jedi. So I'm very excited for this. I was never able to keep up with the mainline Star Wars book, but I am going to be all over this because the time between Empire and Jedi is so sparse, even in yeah. Legends. Very exciting stuff. It'll be interesting to see what they what they do with that. Yeah. Uh, this next comic is about a background character I'm not familiar with. Um, Kyle Ron. <laughs> no, Ron Kyle. Get it right, you Ron fucking Kyle. casual. <laughs> Connor's ears perked up when you said it. He's like, oh. he got out of his Viking book for a second. Like, wait a minute. It was it was like Obi-Wan over Alderaan's destroyed. And, you know, the disturbance in the force. Is a filthy casual spoken on Star Wars and not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Um, but no, we got a cool... <laughs> I can't wait for Connor to listen to this episode. Uh, love you, Connor. Love you, buddy. Uh, so we got really cool cover art for uh, Charles Soule's The Rise of Kylo Ren. Um, I don't know which cover I like more. 
and they're both fucking awesome. I can tell you which one I like more for sure. It's the uh, the well, second one, the one of him standing in front of Vader. Yeah, because I don't know what it is about that first one. It just looks so incorrect to me. I don't know what it is. Well, because the one on the left looks like Adam, like normal Adam Driver, and then like the one on the right looks like meth head dark side Kylo Ren. Like, there's nothing about it that's, like, incorrect or bad. Like, it's drawn really well, but it just, like, makes my shoulders kind of, like, perk up a bit. I, th- and, like, I think it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Probably. Like, like you see, like, Ben, like, like uh, as pure as he's always been, as has, has ever been, rather, and then, like, on the other side, like, you see, like... I think it's the slight asymmetry with his jawline. Yeah. That's getting me a little bit. I don't just, know. He, There's he, something about it. Like it's it, like, just how much pain the dark side one has in it that just like it ugh. just bring it just takes your jawline and it just <laughs> stretches it a bit. You know? I love both Real of these power. covers. Maybe I, if I fall to the dark side, I'll finally have a jawline. That I don't have to <laughs> cover up with a beard. Travis is the nerd podcasting version of Leafy. Is here. <laughs> Jesus. That is such an old joke. Yeah. Only old like you have to like be like an internet shit poster for at least a good 8 years at this point to have understood that joke. But yeah, I'm so fucking excited for the rise of Kylo Ren. We are getting a sequel to Alphabet Squadron uh called Shadowfall. I never finished Alphabet Squadron. It just didn't really pull me in. But if we're getting a sequel, I'll give it a shot. Everybody said they liked it. It wasn't for me at first, but, you know, maybe it'll be like a couple other Star Wars novels where, you know, I fall off. I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling it. And then I start it over and then it ropes me in eventually. Uh, We had that. And yeah, so there's all that fun stuff. I believe Uh, there's one missing. (laughs) (laughs) Which will take us to our... uh, Next story uh, that Travis can take the lead on while I find links about the whole Bob Iger, George Lucas thing. So uh, Viz Media, if you're in the anime sphere, you know who they are, um, announced Star Wars. OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest real quick. I thought <laughs> I thought you were going into the Wedgie and Tilly story. Nope. I'm... I thought the, the manga was in that and just didn't think about it. I apologize. It's OK. I'm talking about it. <laughs> I want you to Star Wars, the legends of Luke Skywalker releasing in early 2020. It's they're doing it. They're making a Star Wars manga. I'm finally useful here. <laughs> I stole your joke. That's what you get for making fun of me. No, you have every, you have every right to that joke. No, it's really funny though. Is that like, I have this image in my head of like, you finally being useful here. Like you're the only one who could feasibly manage a manga. That have this image of like Spencer being like, "Hey, I'll cover this one," and he picks it up and is it immediately Kyra Jaime Kawa. I'm so sorry, by the way, that was so offensive. Uh, well, you were more making fun of the fact that Spencer is just bad yeah, with any name yeah. that isn't John um, Smith. That's true. So we have so for clarification, but what, I'm, I want to finish this joke real quick. I'm sorry. Is that I just love the idea that Spencer would pick up this book. 
and be immediately confounded by the fact that it does not open up like a normal book. Oh, that it reads right to left? That it reads right to left. And Dude. there's, in my mind, like, Connor and Mike and Spencer would all just shut the fuck down. It is so hard going from reading <laughs> manga to Western comics, because all the time, like, flipping back and forth, it, I don't, I'll get locked into one. Go to read the other and actually read the pan because like not only do you read left to right to left pages in manga, you read everything right to left. Yeah, like pa- like panels. So I'll go to read a comic book and be like, "This conversation is backwards." But no, I'm backwards. <laughs> I'm backwards. <laughs> Oops. I've never opened a comic the wrong or a manga the wrong way, and done that. But like, I've certainly read a lot of comic panels and manga panels wrong. Um, ooh. <laughs> that sounded delicious. <laughs> so we have... Uh, oh, I found a Hollywood Reporter version of this, so it won't be some fandom menace. George Lucas hated the sequel trilogy! Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> it won't read... I mean, like, we don't have to talk about an article that much. We can just... Yeah, well, just so, get, we, have, just so we have, like, direct quotes. Get the quotes, quotes and then yeah. shoot the shit. But the this manga will be featuring art from... I looked them up. It's actually two people, but their combined pen name is Akira Himikawa. Uh, Haruchi, uh, Haruichi, I'm I'm rusty. Um, Akira Fukaya, Takashi Kisekai, and Subaru. Some of these have Twitter. If you find the Viz tweet, some of them have handles, some of them don't. I apologize for any mispronunciation. Um, the two without Twitter handles I looked up. They look like they do mostly horror work. Interestingly. But I couldn't find a lot of their stuff. Um, two of the uh, Haruichi and Subaru are both just artists. That I don't know if they have a prior like manga work, but a lot of their art that they feature on their Twitter is Star Wars art, which is super cool, and you should go look at it because it's beautiful. Uh, actually, I will show you right now uh, Haruichi's... Look at this picture of Leia. Look at this. Oh my god. Isn't that fucking gorgeous like i love that picture like that iconic like image of her with the the hood yeah um and then the art featured in the tweet of luke i believe is akira himikawa who currently is working on the legend of zelda manga which i haven't read it but it looks great like the art in it is spectacular um i'm so excited for this i am excited for you i want to check it out um like, but I, this is so up your alley. I I would feel I would feel remiss to like I'm, let anybody follow this other than you. I'm curious what because like it's called the Legends of Luke Skywalker. So are we just gonna get mangazations of like the famous parts of the trilogy because the picture is him holding Anakin's saber. Yeah. So I mean rays. Because we live in an SJW feminazi society. We are woke bitches. We are. (laughs) And and proud of it. I watched Batwoman and Supergirl in the past like 12 hours. I am woke (laughs) AF right now. (laughs) So no, I'm not 100% sure what we're going to be following here. Um, What really interests me about this is that a couple – is it leading up to The Last Jedi? We got a book called Star Wars The Legend of Luke Skywalker. Or the leg is it legends or legend? Legends. Okay. I can't remember if it was plural or not for the book we got leading up to The Last Jedi. But the basic point of the book 
was showing it, it was it was this like vagabond roustabout type person hearing all these different stories about Luke. Now the big implication yeah. in the story and the reveal at the end is that it is Luke hearing all these stories about himself. It very well could just be that, but with Mon yeah, Cart. and the, but all the, all the stories that were told, and this is why I think it's interesting that like this might be like a manga adaptation, but they don't they didn't say as much. No, every I mean, there's barely been any coverage. Exactly, of everything. What I've seen is it's a Viz Disney partnership, presumably in the same way like when we talked about Charles Soule's interview last week, I think last week or two, no, two weeks ago, um, and he talked about how that he had to run everything through Disney to make sure that it all like synced up. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like that's just going to be kind of the same thing Disney does here: make sure all the art is PG enough and. Um, make sure that everything syncs up with the movies and that there's no, you know, glaring discrepancies. Yeah. Well, because, like, the thing with the whole uh, Legends of Luke Skywalker thing was that, like, a lot of them were uh, fabricated. Or, like, if they weren't fabricated, like, there were holes in it that, like, yeah. some of them it's, were true to a certain extent. Like, one of them had well, Luke. I, I assume the point is to show that he's been made into myth. Exactly. Right? Like, like, like by the, like, with Rey in The Force Awakens, she's like, yeah. Luke Skywalker. I thought it was, the, yeah. The hero, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, one of the stories has, like, Luke flying up to a Star Destroyer in his X-Wing and, like, actually Force Unleashing it from the X-Wing. Um, I love that. Only he doesn't almost die doing it like Galen Merrick did, um, because Galen Merrick didn't actually pull down a star destroyer. He point it was coming towards him and he aimed it and still failed. That's beside the point. Um, How dare you knock my boy like that? Hey, I love I love Galen Merrick just as much as the next guy. People hype his power level up way more than it actually is because I am him, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> He's just bland enough to be relatable to. Um, he's not bland. He's not written great. Sam Witwer's performance makes that character. I mean, like, th this is a different discussion. That's a different keep, topic. Keep, keep That's talking. a conversation for a different day. I love Galen Merrick, though. Um, but, like, there's, like, a, there's, like, a bit where he, like, pulls on a Star Destroyer. There's a story that, like, kind of explains his fishing in The Last Jedi. Where he, like, learns how to, like, use a giant stick and catch a fish, basically. Okay. Um, so at least that one's true. I don't know how we had to explain how a man learned how to fish, but <laughs> fish with it. his giant stick. I see. Um, <laughs> see, I said that and like for a second prepared for a joke from TJ because I'm still traumatized from last week. I'll say it. Don't tell yeah, me. You know, no, we don't need to um, because you're in the room and I can hit you <laughs> if you do say the HT word. Anyway, <laughs> HT, I like how you're not even like they're separate words. It's just one <laughs> unit. It's it's, a, it's hyphenated in my mind. Ah, see, I just assumed it was like no space between the, the T's in the middle. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, if they're going to do like the craziness that's in the Legends of Luke Skywalker as a manga... I'm excited for shut the fuck up. I'm excited for that. That sounds like a really cool concept, and I'd enjoy that very much. And I'm sure you, as and the manga reader, are going to be very excited to see what they I'm have. I'm excited in store. for this. I'm excited 
maybe who knows it's we talked about this in the car at yeah. some point to maybe just maybe get a star wars anime we're getting closer and closer i want proper star wars anime openings i don't even i don't they don't have to follow the movies it can be some random side story i just want to watch a anime lightsaber fight i need it you need to watch some of the galaxy of adventure stuff like the thing that like that's like the video I sent you that was like the Star Wars anime oh, opening. Yeah, that's what that's from. Oh, like that animation is from. Yeah, that, okay. From this Galaxy of Adventure stuff. Yeah, there's right. one that's called like Jedi versus Sith or like Light versus Dark. It's something like that. That's basically a recap of the whole Skywalker saga. Yeah, and it like it starts with um, Obi Wan doing like the whole. I've seen clips from. You'll it. be I a haven't... Jedi someday, I promise. And then like it like slowly ages them up. And then, like, it, 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 it's so beautiful. You have to watch it. The, the Savon Galaxy of Adventures, if I could get that as, like, a 30-minute show, that would be amazing. Like, I would watch the shit out of that and not just the shorts that, like, retell. Yeah. But yeah, very, very exciting stuff. Uh, I, I love all of this news coming out of there. Um, very excited for the Rise of Skywalker novelization. I love the novelizations of the, of the movies. Um, and <laughs> I'm so upset with you right now. <laughs> Fucking. You all need to know that in our show notes for the, the article when we're like, at the end, when we're going to talk about this Bob Iger interview <laughs> that he titled this fucking thing, Bob Iger v. George Lucas, Dawn of Midichlorians. Why? <laughs> Tell me, do you sand? You will. I fucking love Batman v Superman. <laughs> I know it's not uh, good, but I fucking love that movie. Um, anywho, uh, do you want to talk about? Wedge, I think, is the next story. Yeah, Wedge is the next story. I, okay. Again, I thought the, the the mango one was in there. Uh, Star Wars Resistance Reborn cover, uh, the new version of the cover, teases a re the return of a fan favorite character. The cover of Resistance Reborn uh, appears to feature Wedge Antilles, a beloved Rebel fighter pilot who appeared in all three original trilogies and is the only Rebel on screen other than Luke who is it who serves in all three major space battles and survives? Well, Luke doesn't serve in all three major space battles or like air battles. Yeah. But he is the only character who serves in all three and makes it out alive. So like the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Hoth, and then the Battle of Endor that we see on screen, that is. <clears throat> uh <laughs> never mind. Um, he also showed up in uh, part of this. He also had an episode in Rebels and he shows up in the Aftermath novels. Uh, and he can be spotted standing behind Finn on the cover for uh, Resistance Reborn. The book, which is scheduled to be published in November, will take place between the events of The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. It will follow Rey, Finn and Poe on their first battle or the first mission together following the Battle of Krayt. Uh, the and in the decimation of the resistance. Of course, even though the book takes place before the rise of Skywalker, 
Fans will not have to read it in order to understand the events of the final film in the Skywalker saga. Even if the man on the cover does turn out to be Wedge, there's no word on whether or not he will appear in The, in the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, director and co-writer J.J. Abrams... Uh, okay, and then it just goes into, like, who all is in Episode Nine. But, yeah, the image of the uh, the cover has someone who is... that it, it looks exactly like the actor who plays Wedge today. So, hopefully we get to see him. He's one of those characters that, like would make sense for Leia to get a hold of. Like if they weren't already a part of the resistance. Yeah. To be like, hey, we need you. And not even necessarily to like be in an active combat role, but to have someone like Wedge in the war room who has served again in like all of these major battles at the rebellion. Uh and didn't get eaten. And didn't die. Like he was he helped blow up the Death Star. He helped the evacuation on Hoth and he helped blow, blow up the, the Death, Death Star, Star again. <laughs> Uh, and hey, maybe he'll help blow up Death Star Three, baby. <laughs> Floating around Star Killer Two, baby. <laughs> like I said before, it's going to be Star Killer Two, and surrounding Star Killer Two will be a series of Death Stars nice. protecting Star Killer Two. <laughs> uh, God, I hope we're wrong. Uh, <laughs> we are so right. <laughs> I don't want to pull the council forecast and accidentally predict that. Uh, but yeah, I, I hopefully Wedge comes back. I'd love to see him again. And I, like I said, it would just make it would be really satisfying for canon purposes. And just as a fan to just see him again, he doesn't have to get behind the controls of an X-Wing again, necessarily. He probably will. Though. He, like pro if, yeah, he probably will. If put they him make in a there. big deal about him being there, he probably will. Most likely. Uh, fun fact. Did you know that he is Ewan McGregor's uncle? The more you know. Ba -ba -da -da. See, now when Joel sets up the soundboard, we can have that ready. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Why do you need a soundboard? I'm right here. Yeah, exactly. All right, you're up, buddy. Uh. <laughs> you just shit your pants? I am a professional floor shitter. I am a professional floor shitter. <laughs> Did you know that the... Was that you? Who shat in the toy aisle? Did you, <laughs> Did you know? Just tell on yourself. Did you know? Did you just Takashi six nine yourself? The formal definition of professional means you get paid to do it. Yes, that's where I'll leave you on that one. Uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker's first look at Dominic Wayman. <laughs> <laughs> Say psych right now. Psych. Okay, good. I'm not a professional floor shitter. I'm a professional pick things up and put them downer. <laughs> I mean, you're just a, you're really good at being a downer general. Yeah. Oh, joke. But you're right. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're great company to keep and I love you for it. Love you too. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> this man was like a big brother to me in high school. I hope you all know that. And now we podcast together. He, we held each other in our arms as we sobbed before before our last time being on stage together. This is true. This is very true. These is facts. These is, as the kids would say, yeet. Throws table. <laughs> Star Wars Rise of Skywalker's first look at Dominic. Whoa. Mana, is it? Mongahan. Manga. No, that is definitely not what that is. 
Monacan. Monic. I can never remember how to say it. I was, I saw it spelled out today. You and said thought- Mongahan, but that implies that the G and A are switched. So I'm gonna say Monacan and okay. just call him Dom. I can't call him Dom. Dominic. <laughs> you don't know him like that. No. All right. Side note. My my roommate who is gay. Well, my former roommate who is gay that I still keep in touch with messaged me the one day like, yeah, I'm seeing this guy. And we're talking, I'm like, okay, cool, when do I get to meet him, what's his name? And he's like, his name's Dom. And I was like, I don't live with you anymore, so I can't do this to your face. But I'm making all the Dom jokes. I'm making every single one. Does he listen? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Love you, Dan. Uh, He's not with Dom anymore, I don't believe. So I can't make as many Dom jokes. Well... If knowing the company that you keep, that was Dom's loss. It was. It very much was. I love that boy. Um, so, we got a first look at Dominic's character, and it is certainly curious, according to Cinema Blend. I will get through this article eventually. Even with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker just a little over two months away from release, Lucasfilm is still keeping plenty of secrets about it close to the proverbial chest and the real chest. A hot chest, if you will. (laughs) I'm not going to break the soundboard this time. Hold on. I fucking hate you people! You almost clipped still. I almost clipped from like 10 feet away. <laughs> I want to go back and listen to that part. Me too. Um, close to the proverbial chest. One of those is how Lost and Lord of the Rings star Dominic fits into the picture. <laughs> fits into the picture. But now we finally have our first look at his character. And as the actor put it, we should be curious. And we got a picture. He, he just looks like a fucking resistance fighter. I yep. don't... <laughs> That's about it. As you can see, Dominic. <laughs> accomplished, accompanied his Instagram post of his Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker character with the hashtag, be curious. Why would you say the hashtag, hashtag be curious? I, I, never mind. I, I can kind of see it. I'm not in with this whole social media culture he says tweeting every 35 seconds <laughs> i do love twitter quite a bit twitter is fucking awesome it can be a dumpster fire it's a fun dumpster fire right like i think graduating from latrobe prepared us for twitter you think i think latrobe is exactly the fun dumpster fire distilled like like the culture of that school is very much like twitter and that there's like very specific. I mean, like, granted, like that's true of like high school in general. But Latrobe is such a weird our, city state. Our area <laughs> is so divided into like we have Hickland, wannabe uh, wannabe Hickland. I should point out, like we yeah, this is Pennsylvania. We were part of the Union. <laughs> there's Hick- a lot of Confederate flags, though. I don't want to talk about it. Wannabe <laughs> Hickland, wannabe city kids, like around where we currently are sitting. Yeah. Uh, you are in the area, but not one of them. And then, like, wannabe preppy kids. Yeah. Out, like, Mountain View side. 
And so, like, we're all segregated in elementary school. And then junior high, we get slapped together and you, like, you realize just how fucking shitty this place is. Oh, yeah. And then you get, like, really fun hybrids when you, like, put the hicks. Like, when you put, like, 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 the kids... Like, like, you know, like, you know, that's the joke is like, like, Latrobe's like fucking Gotham City compared to the other two. Like, you know, you have like all your like, you know, everybody who's from like the fucking ghetto that is Latrobe, as everybody makes it sound at least. Um, and then you have the hillbillies and then you just have like, you know, like you said, like your preppy kids and then you slap them together and then you get some really fun fucking crossovers. Like you'll get the very prim and proper hillbilly. And proper hillbilly. We're like, or no, we're like, you have like, you'll have kids who like, who, who like have the whole like, yay, yay personality, but like their outward performative dress is very like, you know, oh yeah, I'm on the lacrosse team. Like, <laughs> and then you'll have like, my favorite is like the preppy kid who listens to like, who listens exclusively to like noise rap, like friend of the show, Michael Stanley, like the, like the fact that Michael Stanley exists and he's not even from here. Yeah. The dude's from the fucking Midwest and he came here and fit so perfectly into a specific type of late trope kid that that entertains the shit out of me. But like, that's how Twitter is. Like you have like, I have politics Twitter and you have, nerd twitter and you have like all the different subsets of nerd twitter like there's raylo twitter and there's horny raylo twitter yes you are on twitter jared (laughs) i am not a horny raylo i want them to know i am staring you down right now so you admit it (laughs) he's staring me into my soul judging by that outfit his character is likely (laughs) (laughs) Fucking duck. (laughs) Judging by that outfit, his character is likely either working for the Resistance or a member of the galaxy far, far away's criminal underworld. Then again, there's also also the possibility. This is so hard to read from. He could be an undercover operative for the First Order. Now that you mention it, Dominic, yeah, we're very curious. I'm, I'm glad somebody is, because he looks like he's just with the Resistance. <laughs> um, yeah. Looks neat. Costume's cool. Yeah. I love those Resistance blasters. I like the boots. Yeah, the boots are nice. Cool. It's a light week, so... Yep. <laughs> Dominic's costume is important. <laughs> He's now in the uh, like Iris West hairstyle in the Flash. Oh man, I'm this... so happy we didn't have to cover that quote unquote story on Hall of Heroes. <laughs> All right, so we got to put this uh, story in the title because clickbait. Ah uh, yes. Go on. Oh, I thought we were under the Bob Iger one. Never mind. I mean, both um, of them. Both right? of them. Yeah. Uh, so this past Friday was, uh, Force Friday, well, Triple Force Friday. Unfortunately, I was working, so I didn't get to partake. Um, plan on getting some t-shirts and, uh, that, that, that sexy Kylo Ren pop. Um, yeah, I might get a couple nights of Ren pops too. But he's not, he's not a horny Raylo, ladies and gents. I'm not a horny Raylo, but that pop has such a power stance. 
Yeah. Does it? It does. Yeah? He has a swooshy cape. <laughs> the swooshy cape! <laughs> okay, I know you're, like, expecting me to, like, fucking ooh-woo the next time I say the word Kylo Ren. Yeah. Okay, do, like, the fucking abigo face or whatever the however the fuck you say it. Like, you know. <clears throat> yeah. I thought you were about to say something, but you just cleared your throat, and I oh, got, yeah. like, ready for, like, I got ready for you to yell something. He's gonna say the H word again. <laughs> No, this fucking, this fucking means like I'm going to say the HT word, and I'm gonna say the HT word on do back discussion, and that's not okay at all. <laughs> that's one of my favorite John Mulaney. I books. want if I okay. I hope John Mulaney gets a cameo, and I will pay out the ass to just get John Mulaney to be like. Hello, people who listen to the Duvac Discussion Podcast. I'd like to ask Travis Grossman and TJ Bowser to not say hot blank. So if you could just not do that, that'd be great. And <laughs> pardon my shitty John Mulaney impression, but... Um, it, it's like almost his spider ham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. To pick one specific character and that's how they sound forever. Yep. And same thing, like, Sylvester Stallone doesn't actually mumble everything he says. You can understand most of what Sylvester Stallone says, but it's more fun to pretend it's always like this all the time. You know, it's more fun to talk, you know. Anyway, Triple Force Friday. Uh, a lot of people noticed, especially with all the leaks of the promotional material, that one Commander Rose Tico was absent from a lot of it. There was a version of the poster that leaked out a few months ago um, that has since become an official poster, and it was uh, has been on shirts and stuff. The one with has like Ray holding up the lightsaber, and it's like Kylo holding it upside down. Funny how no one lost their shit about that. Nope, um, not a bit. It's it's almost like Ray is a woman, and it pissed them off because she has a vagina. Huh? How weird. funny. Funny how it's always the women that these guys get angry about. How strange. Huh. It's definitely just a coincidence <laughs> and nothing else. No pent-up anger at all. <laughs> we here at the Dewback Discussion will insist firmly that if you're in the fandom menace, you hate women. <laughs> anyway. Because it's true. <laughs> but there was a version of that image that was i don't remember what it was on but where claude is the big orange worm man who i want to hug it was rose that was the instead. other ass tattoo by the way on, on hall of heroes we couldn't remember but yes yeah, so it was claude and my harley quinn diamonds yeah um but for the, the instead of claude it was rose or at the very least it was rose right next to claude i can't remember if she was replaced with claude or not but Either way, the versions of that poster do not have Rose on it. There's also been pictures of like in like the kids books that are coming out that has like Ray and Finn and Poe and BB-8 and Dio and R2 and even Janna, the new uh, Naomi Aki's character, but no Rose. And there's a bunch of action figures and there's all this stuff and then there's not Rose. And I think Rose got a pop. Pretty sure Rose got a Funko pop. <coughs> I believe I believe she did as well, but I'm not 100 because I think she opened it during the Force Friday live stream that Lucasfilm did. 
So, you know, like Rose is like showing up very intermittently and not in places where the rest of the resistance characters are being shown. Um, I'm going to read directly from this comicbook.com article now um, just to make sure I'm getting everything right here. Uh, On Friday, Force Friday to be specific, Twitter gamer and Star Wars fan Jenny Nicholson noticed uh, or posted a few images comparing the artwork and merchandise that were previously or merchandise that were previewed earlier this year uh, and the merchandise that is actually available. And then um, when you look at it, uh, yeah, there's several ones that just have rows removed. Um, So there's this art here that, like I said, has the crew. Um, including Chewie, uh, and then the shirt that has it, no rose. There's a shirt that says Rebel on it, that has rose on it, that when you go look at the shirt that is out to print now, there's no rose. Uh, let me get back to the article here. Uh, while it's understandable that not every character will be on every single piece of merchandise, and in, speci- in, and in the specific case of the Rebel shirt, uh, one can make an argument that a character-free version of that item would be pretty popular generally, which is fair. Yeah, you know, um, I'm surprised there isn't like the the free the character-free version, and then one with each, like one with Ray, one with Finn, yeah. one with Poe, one with Rose. Well, like my but, logic about it, playing devil's advocate on Twitter in a conversation, like conversation thread I saw about this. Is that they're playing up the characters who are seemingly in battle. Yeah. And Rose being the mechanic engineer type who has now been promoted to commander, I don't know if she'll necessarily play a role in the combat. You know, and then that, that that's yeah. just conjecture. And then maybe they're like, oh, these are the characters who you're going to see like – you know, shooting stormtroopers and in fucking lightsaber duels and shit. So, like, maybe people are going to want to buy the toys and shit of the people who are active combatants. That's just complete conjecture. And it's just me playing devil's advocate. There's no getting away around the fact that Rose has been practically scrubbed from the marketing, which is really frustrating because, like like I said to you off the air in the car, like, that that you're you're catering to... And... The, to 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 the fandom menace types who yeah. do, who lost their shit over Rose. I don't know if it's in this article or if it's ever been if it's been mentioned, but like the like proper reason that's been given at all. Like, do we have one here? Let me because I I have a couple here. theories, none of which are we're catering to the people that actively say fuck the mouse unironically. Yeah, uh, let's just pick up here. Um, uh, while it's said, you know, the merchandise in the Rebel shirt without a character, uh, Rose is a main character, and for the and for fans, the absence of Rose is especially troubling. Uh, they address that Rose was a contra- I I don't understand the fucking hate for Rose Tico. I truly don't. Jared, we just talked about this. No, I know. I I I I, I, under, I understand like the, the like like the hatred, but like people who like aren't legitimately bigots. That just don't like. That just don't I don't like, know. like. I don't. I I, I. 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 don't understand it. Like I understand. Like you know, woman of color is gonna draw a lot of hate from these guys because you cast somebody who's not a straight white person. <clears throat> this sect of the internet loses their fucking minds consistently. 
you know, whenever Jana was like, hey, we have this, we Naomi Aki's in the movie. There wasn't the big uproar, but it was still, oh yeah, shocker, they hired another black woman. Because it's just nothing but fucking assholes on that side of things. Which I, I just don't get. Um, but I, I don't understand, I, I don't understand the criticism of useless character. To me, that doesn't make any sense because I, I don't I don't think there's there's such a thing as a useless character. And I think if you introduce the concept of a useless character by proxy, every other character is essentially a useless character unless like unless they're a Skywalker, basically, like by this logic, Qui-Gon's a useless character. If you can tell a story without a character, they're useless. If, if that's if that's what we're saying here. So Qui-Gon Jinn is a useless character. General Grievous is a useless character. Darth Maul is a useless character because Darth Maul existed to kill Qui-Gon. Jango Fett's a useless character. Boba Fett's a useless character. Mace Windu is a useless character. Luke can get trained without Yoda. You can, you, if you can tell the story without Yoda being involved, have him be fucking self-taught. Because Yoda wasn't in the backup version of the sequel to Star Wars. So if he wasn't in Splinter of the Mind's Eye, then you can make an argument that he is a useless character. You know, like if you can get around telling the same story without that character, I don't know what, like, what do you mean useless? Because I can think of a thousand other, a thousand other. It doesn't character, like that, fan favorites who are in, who are feasible, who are theoretically useless. I, it doesn't help that the plotline she's a part of in The Last Jedi is like, by far the most disliked part of the movie. Like, I love The Last Jedi. I could have done without the stuff on Canto Bite. But I got the planet name right. Yeah. Well, Canto Bite's the city. Cantonic is the planet. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. The, the city same thing is, is talking about Cloud City. The city, city is a planet if yeah. you zoom in enough. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. Like, I've I've said for a while, like, even after I saw the movie, like, yeah, they could have just, like had them get into the ship, and then have them doing stealth stealth stuff on the Supremacy. Say that four times fast. <laughs> um, and I think that, like, I think that would have been more fun. That's a personal take. If you enjoyed the Canto Bite stuff, that is totally okay, and I respect your opinion. Me, personally, I'm fairly... I, I don't have an opinion either way on the Canto Bite stuff. I... It feels... Most... Plugged and not... That is where, like... Useless character is one thing, but like unnecessary plot can like plot loop is another because they just yeah. Well, I think well, I, I, my 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 take on the Canto bite stuff is like two pronged. Um, first, I think Cosmonaut Variety Hour put it very well, where they referred to the Canto bite stuff as something that is a common trope in Star Wars as a whole, as the weird side quest that kind of just ends and you pick up the rest of the story that like pretty much every star Wars movie has at one point, like you have the fucking pod racing, you have Obi-Wan playing Batman, you have this, the mission to save Palpatine, you have all the Moss Eisley Cantina stuff to find Han. You have the training with Luke, or not the training with Luke, the, the, the fucking space slug scene. I don't know about all of those. And the, you have um, the space slug scene, yes, but also the pod race scene, yes. Like those, all I'll give to you, but those are also not good scenes. I agree. 
Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is that like there there are there are a lot of bits it's, in Star in Star Wars movies that like yeah aren't directly affecting the good guy bad guy conflict that like don't directly affect that yeah. and therefore just seem like what are we doing here? Um, the he said for Return of the Jedi the the mission to save Han and then the Rathtar scene in the Force Awakens where they're like getting chased oh, by yeah. all the criminal okay. syndicates while they're fighting the Rathtars. Yeah. Now, that said, Spencer, I think... Spencer, say Conjure Club off air. <laughs> Again, Spencer just... I feel a disturbance in the force, as though I've been asked to say Conjure Club in my very good Irish accent. Um, like I said in the Snapchat before, my Ben Kenobi slowly turns into Paul McCartney. <laughs> Three <laughs> words later. Yeah. Uh, but in, in so much as most Star Wars movies have a weird side quest. Fine. Canto bites that. I also think, and shameless plug for an essay I wrote, I essay I wrote on dbackdiscussion.net. Um, my defense of the last Jedi, uh, if you're looking for it, it's called a loving indictment is the title of it. Uh, with how big a theme failure is in the last Jedi. I think the point of Canto bite and the sneaking around aboard the supremacy is part of the learning from failure story. And that then the point of that story and the point of that subplot is to show just how horrible and half-baked that plan was from the giddy up. Okay. And I'm not necessarily going to try to talk anybody out of not disliking it. That's but a- I, I think the point of that scene is to be like, look how quickly – this oh, goes this to whole shit. Whole go, this whole thing goes off the rails. Yeah. Rose and Finn almost get arrested and killed like eight times on Cantonica alone. And then Mr. Magoo their way through the supremacy with DJ. And that like the, the and again, like the wheels keep falling off worse and worse. It went from, okay, we got to find the code breaker. Okay. There's not a code breaker, but we've been arrested. Okay. We found a code breaker who has some type of familiarity with first order tech. And now we're hanging out with this, you know, roused about rogue type. And oh shit, now he threw us under the bus. And now we're about to get fucking executed. Thank God for Amel and Holdo. Um, now, that's a soundbite. I hope that gets clipped. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, it won't. It's already out of the show. I believe. God. Uh, in, uh, in Holdo, we trust. But, but not in physics. <laughs> but um that's gonna be a fun audio commentary let me tell you oh yeah uh while sipping on our green milk with girls with sabers so i very much i don't say i necessarily enjoy the canto bite stuff because again i'm neutral towards it i (laughs) i don't want to say that like the rest of the movie is background noise to me but i'm so enthralled by the luke ray kylo snoke leia stuff that like I don't really like necessarily have any emotions towards the Canto bite stuff. Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm just so focused on the other things that, 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 yeah. in, that suck me in more because I'm a force and Jedi guy. Same. And maybe that's, I so like that, anything that doesn't involve the force or a Jedi character to me is inherently like, I think that's what leads me to disliking it. Yeah. Also like, we are really in on this scene, but it feels like I'm never a fan of heavy handed messages, even ones I agree with. And I'm, I'm slowly realizing that like, no, nah, it's all right to like have in your movie that animal cruelty is wrong. 
Like, yeah. Even if it's very ham fisted way of telling the audience, it's fine that it's there. Um, war is bad. That's the like, other thing. That's like the last Jedi hate that just pisses me off so much. The last Jedi, how dare they say animal cruelty is a bad when thing? People, when people say like, the last Jedi is so political, the last Jedi is the most toothless. Oh yeah, movie no, I'm not. That's not even my problem. I, I know, I know that like what you're saying, but like the only like real political stances that movie truly takes are don't sell weapons to Nazis, war bad, don't beat animals and enslave children. Very hot takes in this day and age, apparently. Right. Now, if again, your definition of a political message in a movie is multiple women in power, one of whom is not white, one of whom has purple hair. If, if that's, that's the my political favorite. message you're offended by. That's my favorite thing they single out. Of oh, the purple and purple hair, hair and, and purple hair lady says, tells big macho man to sit the fuck down and knock off his bullshit. If that's what offends you about the quote-unquote political message of this movie is too many women and one of the women tells the man to shut up, then maybe it's you. It just might be. And I, I and, and again, this like perceived political message in The Last Jedi is just such a hot-button issue with the discourse around that movie and it always comes back to Rose. Which leads me to the question that I was going to ask originally. This is great. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's no, fine. No, 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 I, I, I okay. sidetracked us entirely. But no, that's what I was going to say. Is this a Disney move or did the actress – I don't remember her name. I, uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie Tran. That's her stage name. I believe her real name okay. is Loan Tran, but they've kept referring to her as Kelly Marie and like everything okay. else. So um, I – because she – I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. There was a – How fucking she, dare you? She put this op-ed. I can't remember which entertainment trade it was in. Where, like, for the first time, she openly used her given name. Um, but everybody's still gone back, has, has still, like, in interviews and stuff, to my knowledge, still used Kelly Marie. Okay. So, like, I'm going to keep calling her Kelly Marie Tran insofar as I still call Marshall Mathers Eminem. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So, um, was this Disney's call or... Kelly Marie Tran's call because like she could have very because like she abandoned social media rightfully so yeah same um, thing to have him fucking Daisy Ridley yeah yeah and I'm I, I want to be wrong I will bet good money Naomi Aki is bullied off of Instagram before or after the film after okay because she'll do something cool. And because and Black because, Lady did something cool. And because Black Lady did something cool, you'll have your... It's a political movement. It's a political... And, yeah. yeah. Someone will be like, oh, it's, it's fucking Black Panther. Wakanda forever. To fucking get her off screen. And she's fucking Black Power. Oh. I fucking hate the you fucking... You just channeled your inner Mike Doling so <laughs> hard. That is exactly something Mike... Like, to the sound, exactly something Mike Doling would say. Mike Doling, who is still the contributor on this show, whose schedule has been fucking insane, yeah, by the way. I, yeah. Mike is still a member of this pod. He just – his schedule sucks. Um, Mike Doling has been dead for 35 years. We, <laughs> that's a, that's another running gag I do at work. Is like, has anyone seen so-and-so? Well, they've been dead for 63 years. What are you <laughs> – <laughs> 
but yeah, I just, I, I would hope that if Rose is struck from the marketing to a certain degree, it's her decision that it is Kelly Marie Tran's call. However, I do not think that is the case. And I think that this is a money move by Disney and Lucasfilm, mostly Disney. Um, because I'm curious now, I, it just pisses me off so much. Oh like, yeah. Ro- I, like, I love Rose as a character like Rose. And I, I, I've said this to you guys before. I'm not sure if I've ever really said it on air to any real degree. I never disliked Ray. I always liked Ray as a character. So I I watch spoiler oh, reviews. Yeah. You're fine of uh, Force Awakens before I saw it, just because like yeah of the way my schedule worked out at that time. Uh, I had to take a detour to Florida and back <laughs> before seeing the movie, um, for free, which was nice. yeah. But um, in that time, like it had been two weeks, and I was like, I just need to know what happens, uh, so I can stop like not being on the internet. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, raise the Jedi, and I was like. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, exactly. And like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, like this, I like this character a lot. And I, I thought she was fucking cool. And then I saw how much my sister liked her. And then I saw how much friend of the pod, Lexi loved Ray. And like Lexi, like, like seeing Kira have her Luke, Anakin, Galen Merrick, whatever. That was like eye opening. Yeah. But for Alexis, who had always liked Star Wars, like she watched Clone Wars with her dad when it was on the air, and she's like only a few months younger than I am. Knowing that she's always liked Star Wars and has always like had the like, oh, yeah, and and she, you know, because like you and I, like we're dudes. So like we latch on to Anakin and Luke and Obi-Wan and Han and blah, blah, blah. She latched on to Padme, Leia, Ahsoka, and fucking loved these characters. But she found Rey and fucking fell in love. And I was like, it was such an amazing moment as a fan and as a friend to be like, oh my God, like, like you're having the same moment I've had so many times with so many characters. And like, like relishing watching this person fall in love with a character and want to eat up every bit of lore available about that character. And for so many people out there to not be able to just shut the fuck up and appreciate that moment for other people is what makes me the angriest about this stuff. And for every like and from like your grown ass people like you and me and like your Mars and shit like that, who are like grown ass people who love these characters, who want a T-shirt with Rose on it, who want a Rose action figure, who want a Rose poster, Rose poster, the same way I want a T-shirt and an action figure and a Funko Pop and a poster of fucking Kylo Ren. This is such a betrayal and disservice to them. And that fucking infuriates me. It is such horseshit. And I am so sorry for any any true Rose fans out there who have gotten fucked by this marketing move. I think it is so just... I think it would be interesting to go back if this is open to the public to look at Rose merch from The Last Jedi and see if it just didn't sell 
and maybe they had all this lined up and someone from the marketing or like someone from yeah. a department who knows those numbers came back and said, well, actually good. Th- like we haven't printed this yet. And, but the, she doesn't sell. She doesn't sell. Let's scrap her from the merch. Which could be a distinct possibility again. And that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean it's it, right. It's yeah. just, you know, give people a choice. You're Disney. You can fucking afford it. Um, no, and, and and again, I think there's something to be said that perhaps the more action hero we characters are more bankable because they appeal to children. They appeal and, to children, and, and it, that's not a, like a one-time knock. That's always been an quote-unquote issue for Star Wars. I don't know, like when it when it dips in, it's an issue for me when it dips into like the story falters because of it. Not the other way around where the merch falters because they don't want to represent part of the story, which is weird that we're talking about this in reverse. Yeah, but you're like, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, like, like like we mentioned, the pod racing scene. I I hate everything the about fucking that. The Ewoks. Scene. Yeah. It goes that far back. I know. Yoda. You know, like you can you can go back further and further and further and like find, you know, like weird things that are like, this is here to sell fucking toys. Um I just it's, it's it's so frustrating and again I you know for like and again like people are going to be more drawn to Ray because Jedi and you know when this when the Rise of Skywalker comes out there's probably going to be a fuck ton of Zori Bliss people cuz Zori looks fucking cool you know like it's it's about who looks cool and who does cool shit um and comparatively, again, I like Rose a lot as a character. I like what she represents. I love what she has to say. Rose does not have a big moment where she has a big lightsaber battle. Rose doesn't have a big action sequence like Poe does in the big dog fight with the with the dreadnought. And she doesn't have the big cathartic fight scene with Captain Phasma like Finn does. You know, Rose is a very human character and she is there to kind of be she's not a soldier. She's prepared to fight and lay down her life for the resistance, but she's not a fighter by trade. And I think having a character like that involved, period, is a bold move. One that may not necessarily result in Rose action figures being sold. But again fucking market her like i don't understand what unless maybe there's something about her character that they want to portray in merch that is spoiler heavy that was my other theory that is that because she's behind that 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 the role that she plays is like an engineering type and because she has the title commander is that maybe because is that maybe since she's gonna be a very war room type character she might just be with leia a lot and that, like, because she's with Leia and because of how important Le- – Leia is one of two living Skywalkers left. Yeah. So I think that that might just be part of it. Is it, like, we'll get all the Rose shit at the same time last time when we got all of the Luke Skywalker on crate shit? Is that we can't show you Rose because if we do, we spoil the whole fucking movie. So 
Here's hoping. Yeah, I, I really hope that this is not the this is not Disney wiping one of two women of color from this movie because money. Because that is, you know, there's woke Disney for you guys. Very woke indeed. Yeah. Speaking of woke Disney, <laughs> not a controversial story at all to another not controversial story at all. Bob Iger v. George Lucas, Dawn of the Midichlorians. Ba 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 ba. Oh my God! Wait, does that make Kathleen Kennedy fucking Wonder Woman or uh, Lex Luthor? Uh, well, like like the Batman v Superman version of that character. <laughs> it, mm, neither. Wait. Okay. So who's who's who? First of all, George Lucas is upset with Bob Iger. Therefore, so, he is Superman? Therefore, Bob Iger is Superman and George Lucas is Batman. Oh, I thought it was... Batman. Okay, I guess you could look at it either way. But yeah. Well, because he's upset with Batman over branding people and getting them killed in prison, so, you know. Yeah, but like... Because <laughs> in, in the terms of this nonsensical plot, Superman quote-unquote starts it because of the Battle of Metropolis. Fair enough. Like, that's why Bruce is obsessed with getting kryptonite. So, Bob Iger's Clark Kent. Yes. Okay, so in, in that case, we need Lois Lane. Because Wonder Woman... Wonder Woman's such like a, an offshoot entity that isn't allied okay, with that's either fair. of them. That's fair. So... I'm going to say Lois Lane. <laughs> so when... Who's, who's Luthor then? If, if man will not kill God, then the devil will do it. <laughs> my favorite part of that fucking movie. I hate everything about... One of my about. favorite parts of that whole fucking movie is the fucking uh, um, um, charity banquet. Where he's like, knowledge is power. And, and that is paradox. Because you can have power without knowledge, like that fucking. Oh, it's so bad. I anyway, <laughs> we're we're done with this now. You this just, extended metaphors run its course. You just mentioned that Jesse Eisenberg played Lex Luthor. Now I'm upset. So there's a universe where they wrote that well. This universe where they cast and not a knock, knock against Jesse Eisenberg. I like him. But Fantastic actor. He's not amazing. Lex Luthor. He is not a Luthor. You're absolutely right. Um. Wrong show. <laughs> what do you mean? This isn't Hall of Heroes. This is, this is a show about a franchise that gets its comics made by Marvel. Okay. I like how you definitely made the same joke that TJ has made to me off the record multiple times. He's like, okay, so when are you just going to admit that Hall of Heroes is an MCU podcast? Uh, I'll tell you what, though. We got a lot of DC stuff to talk about coming up, so... <laughs> Tune in for me to talk about we... Batwokeman. <laughs> and why it's good. Tell me you came up with Batwokeman. I did not. Oh, shit. It's, it's on the same level as Ruin Johnson, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought it was so funny. I, but it was in, yeah, it was in one of the groups. Batwokeman. <laughs> Do I need to actually read off this article or can we just start bullshitting? Because I, I know what was said. I would uh, – if you can find a direct quote so we can have it as like as writ in the book, that would be ideal. Um. So this article is talking about – I believe it's Bob Iger's biography 
Yeah, but yeah, Iger. I think he. I think Iger wrote it. So oh, I think it's. it's an, an I think it's his audit. I think it's a memoir about like this specific time period. Okay, so this is right. The lead up to this meeting. This is a meeting between George Lucas, Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy, and J.J. Abrams about The Force Awakens. The lead up to this is the sale goes through with Lucasfilms and Disney. And in that transaction, George Lucas had also sold three in-development scripts for Star Wars films uh, to sequel the original trilogy. With no explicit agreement that they would get made into films. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Like so, you said, like he, all they also were like, oh, you have treatments for the sequels, just to cover our bases in case you're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, and also <laughs> to make sure that you don't own any form of Star Wars intellectual property anymore. Yeah. Um, we're gonna pick these up off of you. Yeah. Which was smart. Yeah. It's a business move. Like, exactly. At no point was it ever explicitly told to George, we will or will not make these. And there was nothing in writing. Flash forward, Lucas is being brought in to talk about The Force Awakens. And, like, basically this is the pre-write-up and, like, the idea for the story. And this is the quote. Not being told that it was or wasn't his property. Yeah, it wasn't the original treatments. So, this is a quote from Iger. George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything, but he thought that our bind the story treatments was a tacit tacit promise that we'd follow them and he was disappointed that his story was being discarded. I'd been so careful since our first conversation not to mislead him in any way, and I didn't think I had now, but I could have handled it better. And added the CEO, George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. So it basically comes off as miscommunication, not even miscommunication, but like lack of formal communication, right? Where George read the wrong signals, you know, she invited him over and he went over thinking, man, it's going to Netflix and chill. But then she actually wanted to, like, watch The Office in a weird twist of fate. That was really specific, Travis. You do anything this weekend? Nope. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so fucking funny. That's one of my favorite bits to aggressively start shouting that you're funny. Because I do it all the time. <laughs> Again, we're the same person. Yeah, it's, you're the same. Per- yeah. It's very scary. Um, but basically, it. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for George you Lucas. You can ask a certain family about that. Um, continue. <laughs> what? Nope, no more. No more about that. Uh, so we. Ask the beiges. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need a second. I need a second. <laughs> as as I was as, as I was saying, I feel a little bad for George in this scenario because 
like I feel like had the words been said, hey, we're gonna buy these, we might not use like we there's not a good chance we're gonna use them. And then upon like hearing about this meeting being told, hey, just so you know, this is our own original thing. We didn't take from your prenups that you had. I feel like this like even if that if then before the meeting he got upset because I feel like he's not upset. The way this is framed, the way people have been framing this is he dislikes the force awakens because the force awakens is factually bad. Right. Yeah. That's how they're framing it. Versus, well, it's also just the juicy headline of George Lucas was disappointed with the force awakens. Yeah. Or versus people who will take it one step further and say, George Lucas is, is disappointed with the sequel trilogy. Despite the fact that he fucking loved The Last Jedi. What do you mean? Or um, at least he said that on the record. Of course, he could just be playing nice. Like, no one, yeah. you know, nobody has ever gone into an interview about a movie they were in and said, this is total dog shit, don't waste your money. But still, like. Yeah. And so the proper headline here is George Lucas is disappointed that his ideas weren't being used. Those are two very different headlines, one of which we saw and one of which is correct. <laughs> one of which is factually. And, and those aren't the same category. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit. And then also um, it goes in eventually into what Lucas had um, originally written up. Magic was, school bus with metachlorians. Yeah, and – Look, man, Georgie. I mean, it, it got. I mean, it got into some weird shit about like who controls the force and they, you know, the the wills, which has always been this like uh, meta concept that c- crops up in legends and canon every so often. Um, Georgie, Georgie boy, I love you, but like you think of some weird shit, like some really weird. And I shit. like weird shit with Star Wars. But like, but I don't know that this is the story that is meant to follow up the sky that is supposed to like continue this the concept of the Skywalker saga. Like, and also, if you look at some of his treatments, and not necessarily the ones that Lucasfilm bought, but like some of his original stories, always had elements here that are in the sequels. Like there was always the idea for a female Jedi at one point named Kira. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and the idea that Han and Leia's son goes off the fucking rails in terms of the dark side. Like, there are elements here that made it from one to the other. Those were also elements in Legends, which Lucas never was like, oh, like, I treat Legends like my ca- – or like that. Like, I, yeah. I treat – at the time, everyone just called it the EU. He was like, everybody – he's like, I, he never, like, considered the expanded universe canon to him. That's why when you watch um, like the Clone Wars, like the 2008 one on Cartoon Network, like that's why there's so many continuity things that just sweep other content under the rug. Like he even made a point of whenever they did the whole thing about bringing Darth Maul back. He pointed out that like his one design, because Maul went through a couple different looks after he came back. His original look with the black versions of like the general grievous legs yeah he said he's like we're borrowing this from you know, we're borrowing this from the eu you know even he said he's like i don't like using that stuff he's like not that i dislike it 
or think that it is invalid. I just don't consider it canon. And that was his thing. He's like, I don't like borrowing from what is essentially other people's work. Which is which is a fucking lie, first of all. Oh, well. But I mean, not even necessarily borrowing from other people's work, but like taking such a like distinctive visual yeah. cue. That like when you see Darth Maul with like the big general grievous legs, I immediately think of the old wounds comic. Where he came back and fought old Obi-Wan in ta- on Tatooine. Um so, yeah, like you said, like it's a very different headline from what is actually the case. I understand that mindset. And again, I love weird Star Wars, but I would rather have a story that is so, that is as deconstructive as the sequel trilogy is. I love I love the fact that like the the, the Force Awakens to a lesser extent than The Last Jedi kind of has this very meta look. At what the, the Force OT a- was. The Force Awakens is very much a, hey, we know the last three movies weren't fantastic. Here's what you loved about the originals summed up yeah. in a movie. And then summed up in a movie. And like, and granted, I've never said this when Spencer's on the air because I know it'll be like a three hour long debate. I don't like when people say that the Force Awakens is a, a new hope rehash. I think there are like there are distinctive elements that make it distinctly different from the lat for from a new hope but that's a conversation for the different for a different day. <laughs> yeah um but then the last jedi is that like that breakdown of okay now that we've like gotten that out of our system let's really look at what being a hero in a galaxy does to a man because like he doesn't keep being a hero yeah he screws up eventually after that um and yeah, I, I enjoy that story. And I look, man, my favorite character in all of Star Wars almost got called Darth Icky by this man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm still not over that. Who? Uh, uh, Galen Merrick. No one's called him Darth Icky. That was like they were cut. They were making the game, doing the concept work, and they're thinking of a name. And Star Killer got thrown around with some. I forget what the other ones were. And he goes, "What about Darth Icky?" And the the room laughed like everyone in the room <laughs> chuckled because they thought it was a fucking joke. And he's like, "No, I'm serious." One of my favorites. And then they were like, "Let's let's not talk to Uncle George for a month." <laughs> One of my favorite stories about the making of the Force Unleashed was when they got like the blessing from George to make a Star Wars game. They came to him with several different pitches. One was a Darth Maul game and another game was about um, – I think it was – I can't remember if it was about Chewbacca specifically or if it was a game about a Wookiee. But they came back with like this pitch and like right before they gave their pitch, George did this whole speech about what Star Wars means to him and kept coming back to like the communication between characters. And then they were like – all right. Well, now that you've told us how much characters talking to each other means to you, here's one game where a character doesn't speak English and another game about a character who had three lines in his first appearance. <laughs> There's just so many funny little things about which the I'll be Unleashed. ripping on heavily when we watch The Phantom Menace tonight. That's beside the point. <laughs> yes. Um, With that, uh. I think that is all the news we have for this week. I believe so. And we somehow stretched that out to an hour and a half. Seriously? Yeah. We've been bullshitting for a while. We had a lot of really drawn out pauses of like, 
this is fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bad show. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a bad show. It's, it's a great show. It's paced like a conversation between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, Travis, where can the lovely people at home find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Travis Political. Where can they find you? They can find me at Dark Jedi twenty five fifty two on Twitter and Instagram. They can also follow my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay, and be sure to check out uh, Do Back Discussion on all the social medias and the other shows in the network: Gorn Moore, Hall of Heroes, Wicked Wednesday, um, Jerk the Curtain. I have to make a conscious effort to not say Kirk the Jerton. I think about that phrase so often. I have to think. I have to consciously not say it. You do back else? sports and down the rabbit hole on the topic of future shows. Like we said tonight, we are recording our audio commentary with the one and only Jason Ward for the Phantom Menace. The episodes of the audio commentaries are not going to be coming out in in lieu of news episodes or the same week as the news episodes. This Phantom Menace recording is going to come out uh, eight weeks before The Rise of Skywalker, and then each week after that will be another Star Wars movie leading up to ideally have The Last Jedi come out the Sunday before The Rise of Skywalker comes out. So, you guys won't be hearing these audio commentaries for a little bit, but uh, we will keep you guys in the loop as to who all will be on each one. Uh, we will also, once I, the, once the episode is, we're working on the episode that will come out the same week as the audio commentary. We will let you all who are 21 years or older in on what all you need to make a Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, in time for our Phantom Menace. Quig and John. Game. What was Quig and John? Quig and John. Uh, with that, we are honored that you have joined us and may the force be with you. Always. I'm like a child looking off on the horizon. I'm like an ambulance that's turning on the sirens. Oh, I'm still alive. I'm like a soldier coming home for the first time. I dodged a bullet and I walked across a landmine. Oh, I'm still alive. Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding from the storm? Just shine a light into the red Get so far away, away Cause I'm still breathing Cause I'm still breathing on my own My hands above the red and roses Making my way, away Cause I'm still breathing Cause I'm still
So we have this talk in the car. Yes. If there's bigger Luke. Oh, no. And Mech Luke. Mech Luke, which you've been finally illuminated to. Yeah, I, yeah that, that video was genuinely hilarious. Is there a Mecher Luke? <laughs> the fucking name did not lose any of its absurdity. I don't know if there's a Mecher Luke. What 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 would make Mech Luke Mecher? I would assume if Bigger Luke is in Mech Luke, they combine to make Mecher Luke, or okay. it's like Super Saiyan levels. Where, like, Mech Luke is Super Saiyan 1, Mecha Luke would be Super Saiyan 2, and then he shouts, and this is to go even further beyond, and becomes Mechist Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Mechist! <laughs> now, here's the question. Does Bigger Luke become Biggest Luke, or Maximum Over Luke? <laughs> You're not allowed on DDP anymore. <laughs> I, have one, I have one more question for you. What? So I, I won't say it, but you're not okay with the cryptid phrase. What about cold dits? 